0: Atlassian.
1: Support for this show comes from Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync, so even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account so ambitious companies have the precision control and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. Hi everyone, this is Pivot from New York magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher.
0: And I'm Scott Galloway.
1: Scott, I have some information. My mother wants us to stop talking about her, which means we're talking about her right now. Lucky? Yes. She said, I've become a character in your silly little little comedy act.
0: <laughs> uh, she's, she's also coming to your house, she told she's me. Not yeah, wrong. She's, not wrong. she's welcome anytime. All right. By the way, that I just got to do a little revisiting our relationship in history. Mm-hmm. Probably the most terrifying moment of 2021 wasn't COVID. Yeah. It wasn't the insurrection. Mm-hmm. It was wow. your very stylish 80-plus-year-old woman after <laughs> making all sorts <laughs> of proclamations or declarations about my lifestyle, then uh, decides to, like, roll outside. Like, isn't what I'd call highly mobile. <laughs> And jump in a car in the driver's <laughs> seat and take off. <laughs> I'm like, she drives?
1: She doesn't drive anymore. She's oh, trying to, but she's not.
0: That was terrifying.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was. Are you gay? Are you sure you aren't gay? Oh, sorry. Like just, every,
0: <laughs> every other moment. <laughs> Your wife's so beautiful. Do you have sex with men? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and, Anyway, and then,
1: lucky we're not going to talk about you anymore, but we just did. Look, I tried to explain. It. Everybody's a character. There's a Golden Child. There's Gigantor. There's Bane. You know, there's your 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 diarrhea dog. We love like, diarrhea.
0: This is the coolest thing. I, well, I don't know. The coolest thing in Lucky's life is those beautiful grandchildren. But I would yeah. think she would love that. I'm If well, my mom were still so alive, she'd want me to mention. She would never be weak. She'd be like, "You didn't bring me up. You yeah, didn't right, bring that's me up." True.
1: So Lucky, it's a compliment. Just remember that we love Lucky. Anyway, we're coming back down to Florida. Just everybody knows we're doing another Florida trip, aren't we? Come on
0: down. We're
1: we're doing the winner
0: in Florida is Come very and get charming. Us, Scott
1: Galloway. Anyway, there's more children to get on uh, to get to get down there. So today we'll speak with Congressman Adam Schiff about the Capitol insurrection. We're taping on the uh, the, uh, the year anniversary of the January 6 attack on the Capitol and his committee's investigation. Also, Elizabeth Holmes is guilty. We'll talk about that as well as Ben Smith's new big bet in news media. But first. Apple became the first three trillion dollar company this week, just sixteen months after it passed the two trillion mark. But the new high didn't last. Apple's market cap is at two point eight seven trillion at times recording, but still it keeps t- it's moving that way. Scott, are you surprised that Apple beat Amazon? Actually, Amazon's not as close. I think Microsoft is closer, correct?
0: Yeah, actually, Amazon didn't have a good. Uh, was the I think the worst performing of the big tech stocks. Yeah, um,
1: you thought you thought Amazon would get there first. You predicted it.
0: I thought right. Amazon would get to two trillion first. Um, so look, what what Apple has done is just. Just nothing short of remarkable. It's the first tech company that was able to become an aspirational kind of luxury brand that expressed something about yourselves, which has resulted in the wealthiest billion people in the world willing to pay $1,100 for $550 of chipsets and sensors. No tech company has been able to sustain anything close to those type of margins or any tech hardware company, I should say. And then... I just think the march continues because when I look at the hottest sectors right now, you might say, okay, electric vehicles in the metaverse Mm -hmm. and people are starting to get excited about Apple's entrance into the EV market. And I think I think that they're not a Tesla killer, but they're going to be a big Tesla pain in the ass when they when Tim Cook pulls that silk thing off of a car with an Apple logo on it. A lot of people, including myself, are going to get on that waiting list. It,
1: it won't be silk. It will be reconstituted cotton made of plastic from the ocean.
0: <laughs> there you go. And then let's talk about the metaverse. Yeah. I mean, uh, the metaverse is here. What do you want? You want interoperability. You want an economic incentive for uh, to leverage other people's human and financial capital you want uh, a portal that gets you into a metaverse and that's called the app store and airpods yeah the metaverse as uh, <laughs> as zuckerberg envisions it is happening but it's happening through our ears and through a central server called the iphone uh, people are going to wake up and realize that the probably the company with the best prospects for the ev market and the metaverse are apple so
1: the, you know a lot of people are really liking let's let us i am going to compliment Facebook. A lot of people have noted to me they I think it doesn't people like those games like Supernatural. I think one is called mm-hmm. um the New Oculus, the latest one that just came out, a couple mm-hmm. hundred dollars. People really are enjoying it, doing exercise and things like that. You had noted in a tweet that they didn't sell that they sold a lot, but not as many as airpods you were you were stack ranking the amount of devices sold
0: not as many.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. It's They a sold
0: between 3.5 and, a half and five, million, 5 million. There were 60 million pairs of Crocs sold last year.
1: That's the, that was the comparison you made. I have several. I bought three pairs of Crocs last year.
0: There are 130 million AirPods yeah, yeah. sold.
1: And, and the phones are continue to be, uh, the, the iPhones continue to be a very strong market, actually, which is interesting. So you feel like that, that they will be the ones to dominate here. And, and that one of the things that people were saying was these stock buybacks that they've been doing. I think it's 400 some, whatever billion, but it's an enormous number is the thing that's Keeping it up, I think it's the iPhone and the and the continued uh, uh, momentum around that. Um, but you don't you're not worried that it's the stock buybacks and the other things that it's doing to, well, the, to look, boost there's, the stock.
0: There's two ways to look at it. Apple, I think it's Apple do about a hundred billion dollars in EBITDA over the last four quarters, which puts its multiple on EBITDA of about thirty. Yeah, and I'm sure Twitter will calibrate that and tell me how wrong I am. But in some, there's just not getting around it. Apple is at a rich multiple right now, and it's a broader proxy for the market. And that is, the market is just expensive right now by almost any measure. Uh, so could Apple stock go down if the market were to check back and people were to say that a, a stock that typically trades somewhere between 10 and 15 times earnings is now trading at 30? But if you look at, if you, I mean, if you look at recurring revenue, They've got that with with, with Apple One. Uh, arcade hasn't been a big hit. The thing that you see across all of these companies, whether it's Apple trying to juice up their recurring revenue or their arcade, their games, which is just okay. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Facebook, which is gonna realize the Oculus is a giant thud and they need to do something to make good on this promise of the metaverse. The sector that is about to see valuation skyrocket because they'll be the, the key acquisition is in the gaming sector. And whether Mm -hmm. it's Epic Games, uh, disclosure, I'm a shareholder, you're about to see video game companies that are already metaverses that have figured out how to take people into other universes, if Mm -hmm. you will. All of these guys, whether it's Apple, whether it's Facebook, are gonna try and build and or buy when they realize, I think, quite frankly, I just don't think they have the respect that's required. Mm -hmm. They're gonna realize that building these metaverses and these characters online is not easy. And these, these video game companies that have been doing it for 20 years, I think they're about to skyrocket in value because I think they're all in play right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it'll be interesting to see. There's definitely a lot of room for them to grow in autonomous vehicles. Not easy. You know, Elon's been at it. Whatever you think of Elon, he's been at it longer than any of them. And, uh, and he, you know, they've got to catch up to that. And that's hard. And yeah. they, they, it's not easy. Like, just like it's not easy to make iPads or... You know, I was thinking our discussion about the conservative social networks. It's not easy to create a social network. It's not once you, you know, people have experience with it. Um, speaking of experience, WeWork's Adam Newman is calling about the rent again. The Wall Street Journal reports that Newman is buying up apartment buildings in southern cities for a new venture. He's self-funding this one. He's making fancy, he's taking buildings and then fancying them up, sort of typical to WeWork. He he had done We Live for a little bit, which seemed like dorm rooms mm-hmm. for adults, which was odd, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I, I, we did a, I forget the story. We've done stories on it before. Um, why is housing attractive to him? And what do you think about this? Why Southern cities, Miami, Atlanta, Nashville, Tennessee, Fort Lauderdale? What do you think of this move?
0: Uh, I'm doing the same thing. I'm, I'm slowly but surely, um, uh, transitioning. I've been selling tech stocks and buying mm-hmm. real estate because what I see is the greatest reallocation of capital in history. And that mm-hmm. is- there's still this consensual hallucination that we're going to go back to this obsolete thing called the office.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And every day that the uh, the pandemic goes on, CNN just sent everyone home. Goldman, who made these big declarations, you can't. Yeah. you got to be back in the office. They've sent everybody home. And everybody's getting really good mm-hmm. at renting their human capital without the enormous expense and hassle. Of this mm-hmm. huge part of the supply chain called the office industrial complex, which is somewhere between a six and twelve trillion dollar asset class, all right? And when you make money, you make good money, and all of a sudden you're spending, you know, you're spending twenty four hours a day at your house as opposed to 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 ten. All of a sudden, your house gets really small. All of a sudden, that that ratty. And in a low interest rate environment, there are so many conversations among spouses saying, we need to trade up. Right. And the economy is booming. So you're about to see even if there's a reduction, a net reduction or a gross d- destruction in demand of 20 to 30 percent of the need for office space, that's a reallocation of the GDP of Germany from from commercial to residential and mm-hmm. low interest rates. So th- th- you think this, this is a good th-
1: idea for Adam Newman? <laughs>
0: Uh, And also just – there, if you look at the Forbes 400 list or the Forbes 500, whatever it is, the 500 wealthiest people in the world, they predominantly over-index around two backgrounds. First, the smartest strategy is to inherit money. That is absolutely the best business strategy. Yeah, that works. Mm -hmm. But if you don't inherit money, the two groups that populate to the greatest extent that list are, one, entrepreneurs – we love entrepreneurs. They get tax advantages. First $10 million mm-hmm. gain is tax-free. But also real estate. The real estate lobby mm-hmm. is so incredibly powerful. Do you know if you own real estate, you get to depreciate it 3% a year and write it off, that 3%, even if it's doubled in value. Mm-hmm. You can trade it. You can sell it and then trade it into another asset without paying any stocks with a with an exchange. I'm sorry, without paying any tax. There's no other asset you can do that with. So I think, look, a guy who was able to get a 10% commission off of losing $11 billion mm-hmm. may not be a great operator, but he's very smart. And this mm-hmm. is also a very smart move. Real estate, and there's some real negative externalities here because first time home buyers are in a word right now. They're fucked. But I have a friend who works for one of the biggest home builders in mm-hmm. Southern Florida. They're they they did well. this big community. They were going to sell these things at 1.1 million. They're selling mm-hmm. them at 2.4 and they're wow. sold out. Wow. it's just anyways, I think it's a very I think we smart should move. call
1: Adam and invite him to pivot m i a
0: um, I'd be more interested in just parting with him. I don't want to hear what he has to say about business, but um he well,
1: just said he was smart.
0: He is smart. That doesn't mean I have to be on stage with him and, oh, and right. listen to okay. all that. listen to him talk about, oh God, I mean, did you read that uh, uh, don't get me started. Don't get me started.
1: <laughs> I want to get you started, but let's get to our big story. I'm inviting him. I'm going to call him. Adam, call me,
0: yeah, there oh. you go grant Grantell, Jesus, bring him yeah, on. I'm
1: on the. I'm on the Twitter. Find me. Okay, Scott. Time for our big story. The Theranos trial is over. And Elizabeth Holmes is guilty on four counts, all involving wire fraud. The jury found her not guilty when it came to defrauding patients, and couldn't reach a verdict on three charges involving certain investors defrauding certain investors, not all of them. Um, she faces up to 20 years in prison for each count. We'll see. I'm sure she's. Her lawyers have said they're going to. Try to appeal in some ways. Uh, will this change the valley's "fake it till you make it" culture? What do you think of? Just I, tell me what you think of this.
0: I think you should go first here. I, 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 uh, we well, both I put out that. sort of similar it. views, and what I noticed yeah. was I got attacked, and everyone talked about how insightful you are.
1: But <laughs> about anyways, the woman thing. That you know why? Because I phrased it right. I phrased ah, it. I used the said, phrasing. You said, it's isn't it funny, she's the only woman? It is. It is the phrasing. I said, let's mm. discuss. I said, I didn't have an opinion. I said, let's discuss. That's how mm. you do it. I'm a professional Twitter. You are a emotional Twitter. Let me just
0: No, I'm. It. I'm like, um, I'm that guy who just walked off, who like stripped on the sidelines. And it's mm-hmm. like, gets emotional. It's like, I'm out of here, but I'm going to take off my clothes first. What was that? <laughs> yes, Antonio exactly. Brown? Is that his name? I am name?
1: very professional. I did that on purpose. Please comment. I often say, Please comment. Yeah. Um I think it's an interesting thing. I think a lot of uh Silicon Valley is trying to distance itself from her saying that she doesn't she doesn't represent tech. I would agree on that part. I mean, as I said before, when she would try to come to our tech things, I was like, you're not tech. Uh, but she was, you know, she tried to sort of do the looking like Steve Jobs. He, she had some tech investors, Tim Draper among them, um, and others, but it's, she wasn't a lot of tech, a lot of VCs actually did turn her down, which is interesting largely because she kept saying she had trade secrets, which I don't like to hear. Um, but nonetheless, um, uh, you know, the fake it till you make it thing mm-hmm. is is sort of one of those tropes a little bit. Most of them don't really fake it. It's just the month they don't they don't really hide that they don't make money. Like, you know, Adam Newman didn't really hide anything, right? That was right all there to the investors. No. Um Travis Kalanick, some of the stuff he did yeah. was hidden from the people involved. But um, you know, Elon Musk's a big overpromiser, promiser uh, kind of thing. Um I don't know. I, I, I don't know if she was tech. I don't know what it's – I don't know if we have to come to a conclusion about what it means. Maybe she just was fraudulent. I don't know. What mm-hmm. do you
0: think? What do you Look, think? I, I think she broke the law, and I think the jury got this right. Yeah. I will mm-hmm. also say that I think her – the reason she's going to prison is because she wasn't able to ship a product that works. Um, she wasn't found guilty of – and also because the victims here were old white rich men, and our law takes very seriously protecting them – Mm-hmm. Um, there's something, first of all, I think she's a really distasteful character. Um, someone who constantly pimped her success as a woman and then fell back on this defense of I was being manipulated by my man. Yeah, she wrote
1: it on the way up and, and she wrote it on uh, the way yeah,
0: down. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I, <sighs> the timing of her pregnancy somewhat seems somewhat sus, but I I just find her a really, dis, the, the, the sweater, the deep voice, the jobs thing. She's an easy person not to like. But here's the thing, she wasn't found guilty of crimes of misleading patients. And I do think it's an extra level of of just that mendaciousness when you do something involving healthcare. But she wasn't found guilty of misleading patients. She was found guilty of committing fraud against investors. And what I would ask is, okay, I th- I just think there's some uncomfortable realities here and that is Elon Musk said he was taking his company private at $420 a share, and 21. the stock skyrocketed, and it was a total lie. 420,
1: 420 right, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it it was.
0: was a lie. <laughs> it was been proven to be a lie. It was a,
1: it was a weed joke. It was and, a weed
0: joke, too. And it, it was ahead. a lie, but he delivered. He was successful. He got his product out. Uh, you know, we work. you just brought up Adam Newman. When you say in a document reviewed by Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan that your EBITDA is called community-based eBITDA so you take out all the actual expenses mm-hmm. okay that to me is its own special kind of fraud and uh, and pre, But it's not pre, criminal you would argue you're right you yeah. said but no crimes have been broken so what I yeah. take from this is <clears throat> the jury got it right but I'm wondering if our laws are just a little bit fucked up because it strikes me that that I just wonder if she'd be going to prison if she didn't have ovaries and I'm yeah. gonna get a lot of shit for that
1: well I'd I think, be wondering I, I don't know if it's I think one of the things is Look, I think a lot about Martha Stewart. Like, how many men have done the same thing she did? Why pick her, right? Why do the prosecutors pick her? Well, it's a great story. She's a famous person. Prosecutors love ink, right? Whatever the digital equivalent is right now. At the time, it was ink. Um, And I think she was a great story. Same thing with Elizabeth Holmes. She's a great story for prosecutors. Let's just say prosecutors don't always operate fairly. They just pick whatever they think will cause the most attention, what they can— you know a big splash a warning to others there's all kinds of reasons prosecutors prosecute but she's her story is obviously it's also going to hollywood right it's Mm -hmm. such a hollywood story with the boyfriend that worked there the Mm -hmm. the outfit she wore her weird voice she's like she's sort sort of walks right into it others you know and in the case of someone like travis kalanick um they just let it go. The investors decided not to do anything about it. I he's know, an aggressive
0: knows. go-getter.
2: They got yeah, a little right. carried they away. Just,
1: like they just were like, "Well, he put one over on us," kind of thing. There's- or same thing with Elon Musk. I mean, that that's the that is there. There is a line though. There is a line, and I, I have to say, right. Adam Newman, uh, whether you think he he crossed it, I don't think he did. I think he said what he was doing, and they knew what he was doing, and they let him do it anyway. And in that case, you know. It would be interesting if one of his investors did try to try to investigate, or but they didn't. So that's that. It's just so interesting.
0: We're we're on each each of us is on the different side of the issue here. I just believe there is a simmering reservoir of misogyny in our society. Oh
1: yeah, I agree with that.
0: That. That if a man does this, he's an aggressive go getter. And the key is you got to make it. If you fake it and you don't make it, you're in real trouble.
1: Yes. I think
0: it's the same thing that infected Hillary Clinton. Yeah. I don't think a man, I don't think people at huge rallies would be saying, lock him up if she had been a a he. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Elizabeth Holmes, I mean, they've got to put this Balwani guy in jail. Yeah. I mean, if they don't put him in jail.
1: Yeah. If
0: they don't. So my tweet was very straightforward. I, I think that I think they made the right decision. But if she's going to prison— That's Sonny
1: Balwani for people. He was the number two. He's also her boyfriend, and and he's going to be on trial next. But go ahead. Uh,
0: No one gets the wrath of the public and gives DAs and juries the confidence to to prosecute than a woman who acts like the mendacious fuck that they're used to seeing from men. Yeah. So there's uh, just—I think they made the right decision. I think she should go to prison. Yeah. There's something very uncomfortable here, Kara.
1: I agree. I don't. I don't disagree. I think she. I. I. I it reminds me so much of Martha Stewart, who did do what they said. She went to prison. She served her time, but God, there's so many. Why didn't they pick two hundred other people? Um, you know, I know why. I mean, they could catch her and and she's well-known and this and that. So um, it, it is, there is just, there's a, a little bit of a stink on it and it's hard to say that because she's also guilty, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I'm not you
0: suggesting know. she shouldn't go to prison. I'm suggesting mm-hmm. more male tech CEOs who have lied should also go to prison. If All we're right. going to, if we've Shelly. decided, Lock if we've problem. decided that rich white men are a, a the class of people in our society that need the greatest level of protection, well, <laughs> there's a lot of shit going down from male tech. We're putting – she defrauded rich white guys, but we're, we're, we're allowing tech executives to delay and obfuscate uh, actions that result in greater hospital yes. admissions of our young girls.
1: Yeah, but to be fair, they were really <gasps> rich white guys and old. I'm teasing. you right. I, 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 I agree. Just, It'll be interesting. I would love to talk to her about this. That would be an interesting thing. I don't thing. think that's going to happen. I don't know. I'm going to ask her. I'm going to ask her. I'm going to ask her.
0: God, who I is I think
1: I have her emails.
0: Who, who, who is that sexy co host you have? <laughs> who, what's his name?
1: I'm not going to say who because we're not announcing speakers yet, but one who? of the speakers said that she was going to fangirl Scott at the.
0: God! Event.
1: But no. Yeah, oh my I'm God, is it yet.
0: Emily Rodakowski? No. Don't tell me. No. Don't tell me. I just want to imagine it's Emily. I
1: texted it to you earlier today. You know who really? it is. Yes. Oh my oh, God. You don't look strong. at any of my th- you don't invest in our relationship. Do you know when I do an attachment to a text, Scott doesn't read it. It's like uh, my son. Th- what's an my attachment? <laughs> s- it's a picture of the oh, forget it. Nonetheless. Ooh, you're
0: sending me photos, so you're texting no, me photos. A you're it's saucy a little mates. I knew, this person has I knew that was eventually so gonna happen. Send. I need to take I need to speak to HR. By the way, we've
1: got some great speakers coming on. Six of the seven
0: speakers I've invited have said yes, and I haven't heard from the seventh.
1: Yes, they are, because we're great. Oh my god.
0: God. They're all saying yes.
1: Uh, this is not my first uh, rodeo, my friend.
0: All right, cowgirl. All right, broke back Mountain. Okay, <laughs> get on it.
1: I just can't quit you. That yeah, is what this yeah. relationship is. I just can't quit you. That's nice. Anyway, uh, Scott, let's go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll look into Ben Smith's new media venture. We'll talk to a friend of Pivot, Representative Adam Schiff, about the insurrection.
3: Fox Creative. That's A T L A S S I A N dot
0: Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on surprise, The Future of Work
1: Scott, we're back with our second big story. News publishers took a beating in 2021. The audience engagements dropped to a fraction of 2020's numbers. Primetime cable news viewers down 36% app downloads from major publishers down 33%, and the social media engagement with news articles fell a whopping 65%, according to data from Newswhip. But not everyone's looking down this week. The New York Times media columnist Ben Smith announced he's starting a new global news venture with Bloomberg's Justin Smith. Both of them, Justin just left uh, Bloomberg. He's been running that organization, essentially. Ben says uh, the new venture will hire hundreds of journalists. They obviously got some moolah behind them. We don't know who. Uh, Most of the new media Media ventures are small, Puck, The Athletic. Can the Smith brothers uh, – you have to be named Smith to work for them, by the way, from mm-hmm. what, what Ben told me uh, – want a global operation with hundreds of journalists? There's been several efforts at this. Um, what was that one? I'm blanking. The one that was international. Um, can that work?
0: Uh, I'm excited. I love Puck. Tell me Why? Well, I love Puck. I love Small. the information. I think, yep. journalism, I think journalism and journalists are the most effective cop to ever patrol the beat. And it's discouraging that their numbers have been cut in half the last 30 years, while the number of PR executives, you know, manicuring the images of their douchebag clients has gone up sixfold. I think it's been bad for the Commonwealth. So the fact they're attracting capital and doing interesting things, and I love it. And I, I think the work they do, uh, you know— uh,
1: but is it a I, business? Like, I, listen, I started Recode in 2007. It was hard. It was, and uh, you, you know, sold this, it and made money. Yes, I did. But I'm just saying it, it's hard to get big. Let me, you know, it, I feel like I was super early pioneering with this, what's happening here. Um, so I have. <laughs> I like,
0: thought uh, I was super early pioneering. Well, smell you. Broke I back. was.
1: Come on. Yeah, Come, who it. did that? Who did that but Kara Swisher and Walt Mossberg. I, I think uh, a bunch of people uh, are doing Andrew it Sullivan. now. Andrew Sullivan did. I, think, I
0: don't know, a guy okay. named Ted Turner. Anyway, anyway you, you're amazing. You know what I'm Go saying
1: ahead. in the, in the yeah, gi- digital you're journalism incredible. space. In you're any incredible. way, these are great organizations. You're right, Puck. I read all the time. The Athletic is supposedly up for sale. Um, uh, what? How about businesses? I know you love journalists because you hang out with them a lot. But what? What is? What is the? how is this different if people are not reading the news? Is it people don't want to read the Look, news or people uh, don't want to okay. engage in – big on, on organizations, a, or what? on a
0: relative basis, they're shitty businesses. The New York Times is arguably the most influential organization in the world, and it trades at a smaller valuation than like open door technologies, you know using algorithms to buy condos mm-hmm. in Vero Beach. So if you're looking to make money, you can make a good living in journalism. but and there's going to be examples that will be very well publicized of organizations that do well but buzzfeed or you know or vox or considered the leaders in digital media were worth hundreds of millions not tens of billions yeah. i mean if you're just an economic animal going to software but uh, there thank god there are really intelligent people who decide they want to like make you know they i would say they they live they kind of live to work as opposed to work to just for benjamins
1: yeah but, and, but then why would you it's invest a so you're the investor they come to you they the smith brothers come to you what what do you think about
0: I know a lot of people, um, really not just because you want
1: to do it to hang out with Ben Smith, etc. No, I don't, I who don't, I, who I really admire. I uh, the majority,
0: personally. I know a lot of very wealthy people who have put serious money into Axios and other things, and there's a big, what I'll call ESG component to their investment. They think it's important, they want to get their money back, they want to make money, but they don't look at this like they look at investing in Snowflake or Ledger mm-hmm. or. These businesses are notoriously very difficult businesses to monetize.
1: Well, they were talking about a lot of things we had done, like podcasts. They had talked about uh, events. They had ta- I am a pioneer. Don't you insult my, Here we uh, go. my legacy. I'm Here just we saying, go. come on. I was doing them way back when.
0: No, you, you, seriously. I'm With, just. What,
1: but why would you invest? Like a lot of the people who I know who have invested, the rich people, I'm not going to go into all of them, are sort of like, oh, this sucks. Like, you know what I mean? Because well, they get the a lot from of attention. guy
0: Facebook bought whatever it was. Not the Atlanta. He bought it. and Powell Jobs wants out. They all Atlanta. they all realize running these things. Mark is
1: in time. Uh, there's a bunch of people. And not like that, the bunches. thing
0: about journalists is they have enormous egos well, usually. They're, they're difficult to manage.
1: Bezos. But proposed. Bezos
0: Bezos has probably been the most successful. He's very hands-off. It's also been the most brilliant move in history. Uh, for PR because he's taken a national treasure and largely everyone in the community thinks he's done a really good job stewarding it. And so I think they have a very positive impression of him. And when he shows up with basically a tattoo that's a shirt in St. Bart's with his girlfriend, everyone thinks it's cute. Whereas, mm. I mean, it, it, and Bloomberg started a media company. Media company is the, uh, a media company is the ultimate beard for a billionaire. Oh, all
1: right.
0: And... Bloomberg okay. and well,
1: Bloomberg's pretty... Profitable, right? That, that was a not different Bloomberg thing. Media. Oh, Bloomberg Media. You're right. That's right.
0: They, yes. uh, that that company the Justin, uh, I work a lot with Bloomberg and, mm, and have I been know, canceled I by re- Bloomberg. I remember their, the the TV division in that group at one point it was losing like 180 yeah. million dollars a year. It, no, it doesn't. So exactly. it, it it's it is their marketing. It is their protective heat shield. But anyways, back to these startups. If you're looking, if you're looking to, I mean, there's some components. These email lists, the company we just bought, Group Nine, or yeah. Vox just bought. But if you look at the most successful ones in this space, the ones that bring mm. together that alchemy of outstanding human capital, mm. they get traction, they get people to com- to pay, are worth the worst company in in software. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah.
1: Well, so we're going to be discussing these. You don't issues. go it into this for MIA? money. We're you gonna be discussing these very issues. So one of the things is is the decoupling from Facebook and Twitter, you know, in terms of marketing and et cetera, and getting a lot of users share news in private online spaces. Those numbers wouldn't count as engagement. I've noticed I have bought subscriptions lately because I really like their content like the and I know they're not gonna be killer businesses, but I just I bought subscriptions to the San Francisco Chronicle, Los Angeles Yeah, you Times. like
0: local news again. Cron. Yeah. They're
1: good. They're just good. I'm buying them because yeah, they're I like, good. No, I love no the LA other Times. Reason. But they weren't good before, and I didn't want to buy them. I picked buy to the them. Palm
0: Beach Post mostly because I said that my someone said okay. your pictures in there, and I like, "What?" And uh, well, so I really? immediately had to subscribe to it.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah. Have you mm-hmm. gone down to Mar-a-Lago to invite Donald Trump to PivotCon yet? Oh, no.
0: Mar-a-Lago. 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 You, need
1: to, you need to sidle in there in a white suit. It literally bounced me talk out. About it, it, okay. I. Trump social. Okay.
0: People I used to will to lose Palm... their
1: minds if we had him. Wouldn't you think?
0: Oh, uh, we we'd have to have him. I go to, I go to Palm Beach uh, to the Brazilian Court. My favorite. Hotel and, re- and restaurant are there, and I can't stand. I take the freeway now because I can't stand driving along A1A and seeing Mar-a-Lago. I literally wince when no, I see that place. You need to go place. there.
1: You need to go there. I will
0: us. never go there. You need. I will to. never go there.
1: White suit, a hat. You'd look like really good if you did that. Go I mean,
0: on. Okay, I'm at, in. I'm in. Never mind. Forget what I said. Get
1: there. Go ask him. He holds court in that lobby, I think. Apparently. In any case, get back to him. Speaking of which, he's going. He has Trump Media. Like he has. He. In that, the in ultimate that,
0: short opportunity. Yes, but
1: in that in that thing, people ignored. We're looking at Trump social, but or Truth mm-hmm. social. Excuse me. I keep calling it Trump social, but they had media stuff like cable podcasts events da, da 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 the whole thing the whole nine yards and so then we've subscribed to The
0: Chronicle. Week. Do you subscribe to Puck
1: i I do I subscribe yeah. to the l a Times day
0: william Kahn some really no, talented I subscribe people. to l a
1: Times I subscribe to the Atlantic. Um, mm-hmm. I subscribe to New York Magazine. I pay for it. Uh, mm-hmm. and Jim Bankoff does not give it to me for free. I'm not sure why. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm happy to pay for it. I love it. Um, yeah, I like it too. I pay for the Washington Post. I pay for the New York Post Times. Post is
0: fantastic. They're all great. So you just, yeah, those are all but amazing recently properties. Recently, I've
1: been doing a lot more based solely on quality and efficacy, use for me, usefulness for me. And that's- Okay, and but
0: I, I'll give you an example. I, I, I every don't do it
1: for charity like rich people do it.
0: Every company you mentioned with the New York Times I think it's worth less than a billion dollars and supposedly last year Clubhouse raised money at 4 billion. I mean Right well just... we'll
1: see where that's going. Yes, yes, <laughs> I get it. So what so what do you think of this venture? Are you, you're just happy that they're doing it? Like, yay, it's back again. Remember there was that big hubbub around content and then it fell off and now it's, it's back. Great.
0: I think they're You know them better than I do, but my sense is they're outstanding journalists, and I like entrepreneurship and whatever they do. I'll be supportive and subscribe. And best of luck to them. How about you? You know them. I don't.
1: I think Ben is terrific. I think Ben is terrific. I think he's really a talented reporter. I think he's a scoop monster. I think he's a news monster, and I always like his um, his stuff, whatever he does. i he's he's just a, he's got a lot mm-hmm. of taste, and, and but he also likes the low too. He's a low high guy. You know what I mean? What like, does that so, mean? Meaning he doesn't just he's not all highfalutin. He also likes. A good yarn, or you mm-hmm. know, Buzzfeed was sort of a reflection in that way of him. But he's a quite a good journalist and very political, smart.
3: Just a that's smart what's
0: buyer. supposed to happen. You're supposed to have, and this is what doesn't happen in big tech: is Google. You know, people leave Google and try and start other stuff, and then yep. Google performs infanticide on them. Mm-hmm. But people are supposed to leave great organizations like yes. the New York Times and start their own saplings. It's a, yeah, it's I'm not the surprised. The whole point.
1: He's entrepreneurial. He can't sit still anywhere. He's he yeah. and I are very similar in that regard. Is he a pioneer like? you? Is um, he you know a what? pioneer? What Who was doing a oh, digital news go. site? Here we go online, and then did events, and then podcasts.
0: You like, did. You did get into the podcasting <laughs> thing early.
1: Early, I got into the digital news thing early. I got into the events thing yeah. right at the start. I'm
0: yeah, but sorry. you know where you really excel in podcasting what? What? is finding talent. You That's just true. have been able to uncover genius. It's Underappreciated I'm good at genius. talent,
1: not just you, but other ones. Go look at everyone who was at Rico they're, they're, uh, they're, uh, they're all doing really well. Anyway, let's bring in our friend of Pivot. Adam Schiff has been a member of Congress since 2001. As the chair of the House Intelligence Committee, he played a key role in the Trump-Russia investigation and a leading part in both Trump's impeachments. He also serves on the House Committee investigating the January 6th attack. Welcome, Congressman.
4: Great to be with you.
1: So we've talked a lot over the years, many years, but this is the, we're speaking on the one-year anniversary of the attack, and you're headed to the the floor very soon. So why don't you give us an overview of how the investigation is proceeding and what's the timeline? I know there's an interim report maybe this spring and a final report in November, but and possible primetime hearings. Can you give us sort of an overview?
4: Yes, uh, and you know I think we've moved with moved with a remarkable speed. Uh, Congress doesn't usually move this fast, but uh, in a matter of mere months, we've interviewed uh, three hundred or three hundred fifty witnesses we've obtained over thirty thousand documents um, and uh and I think learned a great deal about the multiple lines of effort to overturn the election. It wasn't just about january sixth uh, it was uh, about the run-up to the election, the aftermath of the election, the insurrection itself, and what take, took place thereafter. Um, we do plan to have, I think, uh, beginning in the next few weeks, uh, hearings uh, so that we can tell the story to the American people, bring the American people uh, into uh, the confidence of the committee and, and learn what we're learning, uh, at the same time that we're doing further investigation because our work is far from finished, We do expect that we're going to finish this year, though, Uh, and we're moving with all alacrity because um, sadly, the risk of uh, more political violence has gone up, not down since January 6th. And we want to do everything we can to protect the country.
1: And you're also interested in the elections in next November, right? I assume you want this before they can be stopped because the Republicans, except for several of them, did not go along with this.
4: I have no doubt we're gonna finish the uh, investigation this year one way or another. Um We will compile our report uh, based on what we know. Uh, it is certainly, I think, the hope of Donald Trump and his enablers that they can delay in court uh, with litigation designed for that purpose of delay. Uh, but we're moving forward, we're getting information from as many sources as we can, so we're not completely reliant on any one witness or any one source of documents. Uh, So, we certainly will finish our work this year, uh, but the sooner the better.
0: Representative, I I would love for you just to take us back to the room, if you will. And that is, I think a lot of us have a fear that that the outrage and just how outrageous a a day and how terrible a day begins to fade with other news and time. Can you sort of put us in the room and tell us about your day and how it played out and and your colleagues' reaction to what was going on?
4: Uh, certainly. Um, I remember like it was just yesterday. I can't believe it has been a full year since then. Um, I was on the House floor, uh, during the attack. Um, I had suggested to the speaker months before the election that we form a small group to try to anticipate all the things that might go wrong with the election, with the joint session. Uh, and as a result, we had been meeting, uh, a few of us, uh, for weeks to try to anticipate um, and we came up with about a 1,000 different things that might happen except uh, the one that did, a violent attack on the Capitol. But as a result, I was one of four uh, managers on the floor opposing the effort to decertify the results. And I was speaking, I was listening to what the Republicans were saying, I was pre- preparing my rebuttals, I wasn't paying attention to what was going on outside the building. But at a certain point, I started noticing members on their phones watching something, and then I noticed that the speaker was suddenly not in her chair, and she had intended to preside for the whole session. Uh, and then I saw Capitol Police officers rush onto the floor and grab our number two, Steny Hoyer, and whisk him off the floor. Uh, and then I knew something was seriously wrong. Um, and uh, periodically thereafter, in close succession, the Capitol Police came back on the floor, told us to get out our gas masks, which were under our seats, be prepared to get down on the ground. There were rioters in the building um and uh and we we took out these masks that were you know all too well sealed in these pouches under a seat and we struggled to get them open and when we did open them uh there was a fan uh that would circulate the air that started buzzing and suddenly sounded like hornets uh um all throughout the house <laughs> chamber uh, just adding to the sense of alarm you had members starting to scream at each other uh up in the gallery a couple of my democratic colleagues yelling at the republicans about how their big lies had caused this uh mm-hmm. republicans yelling back to shut up um and then finally Capitol police coming in and telling us we needed to get out um and the banging on the doors by the insurrectionists the breaking of the glass um you know the, the palpable sense uh, that uh um that uh, we were at risk um and and then uh, even more ominous uh, as we later learned, just how many people were attempting to break in, um, the realization that this attack, which had come from within, not uh, like 9/11, uh, which I also experienced uh, at the Capitol, uh, which was from outside the country, um, that this uh, attack was also an attack on our democracy.
1: So when you think about it, one of the things that's famous is Liz Cheney telling, I think, Jim Jordan, you did this. Um, one of the things you're looking for right now is who did this, who who is. And and there's lots of sources right now. The latest news and the, the news have been sort of been dribbling out a little bit. You all also post things on social media. I'll get to them in a second. But your committee is seeking Sean Hannity's cooperation. What, what do you want from him and others at uh, Fox News? Um, and do you expect him to provide it? You have requests for information uh, also for Jim Jordan and Scott Perry.
4: There there are multiple um, lines uh, of effort to overturn the election that we were investigating. Uh, So Mm -hmm. it it, uh, wasn't just that violent attack on the 6th, but it was efforts to use the Justice Department, for example, to pressure Mm -hmm. Georgia not to certify electors or to certify an alternate slate. Uh, It was effort to pressure local elections officials to reverse their decisions or state legislators uh, to uh, decertify or send an alternate slate of electors. Um, we're investigating each of these uh, lines of effort, and and we believe that Sean Hannity, based on dozens of text messages, uh, we obtained um, uh, many from Mark Meadows, um, mm-hmm. that he has particular knowledge about what was going to happen on the 6th. Uh, on mm-hmm. January 5th, uh, he texted uh, that he was deeply concerned about what was gonna happen in the next 48 hours. Uh, he also at one point expressed concern that uh, if they kept up this campaign on the vice president, that the White House counsel uh, might resign. That's the uh, at least the purported implication of other messages. Uh, and we want to find out how did he know? Uh, why was he concerned before January 6th? How did he know uh, that the White House counsel, something that wasn't public at the time, uh, contemplated resigning over this uh, pressure campaign at the Justice Department? So we think he has a lot to tell us and a lot to tell the American people uh, that might help us prevent something like this in the future. And we can just uh, at this point have to hope that he'd be willing to cooperate and, and we'll have to determine what recourse we have um, if that's not the case.
1: Yeah, you know, there are recourses. Bannon has been criminally charged. There's been no charges for Meadow yet. Um, but, uh, but about half of Americans support criminal penalties, including prison time if witnesses refuse to comply. But that's just half. And that's one of the issues is that, you know, Republicans who, which had resisted this committee, uh, most Republicans, um, how are you going to come to a conclusion when half of them refuse to accept the investigation itself? And therefore, uh, will there be any support if your committee finds, uh, Trump responsible, which is something that Kevin McCarthy said a year ago, actually a, a little less than a year ago, and now he, of course, couldn't be less in that camp.
4: Well, you're right. I mean, and it's fair to point out Republicans, not only uh, apart from uh, a very few courageous Republicans, most of the Republican conference opposes the work of the committee, but they oppose the work of any committee. Uh, they mm-hmm. oppose the the work of a commission that would be equally de- divided among the members, uh, where no subpoenas could be issued without the agreement uh, of people on both sides of the aisle, they didn't want January 6th investigated. And look, I can understand why. Uh, They don't want exposed to the public light uh, the misconduct of the former president uh, and potentially their own misconduct, their own role in promulgating the big lie or their own role in voting to overturn the election. Uh, But nonetheless, in this first attack on the peaceful transfer of power, it needs to be investigated. People do need to be held accountable uh, and not just the foot soldiers on the ground. So uh, we're going to do our part. Um, you know, what uh, uh, What we can expect when we hold our hearings, when we issue our report, um, you know, we can only do our very best to expose the truth, uh, to legislate, to protect the country. Uh, it's not our role to prosecute people. That's up to the Justice Department. And we have to hope The Justice Department will aggressively do its work as well.
0: So you're a lawyer. It feels as if, slowly or I guess by some standards, um, in a crisp fashion, that the law is doing its job. That a lot of the insurrectionists or the mob are being prosecuted and we're starting to work our way up as we find information. What happens if it feels as if we're in such uncharted territory here? If members of the cabinet or advisors or even representatives themselves were found to have aided and abetted this insurrection. Do they get kicked out of Congress? Do they end up in jail? Uh, As a lawyer, where do you think the end game is here for if and when we find people at at different levels participated in this?
4: Well, it'll be up to the Justice Department uh, to determine whether there's sufficient evidence that uh, any member of Congress, for example, or anyone else violated the criminal laws uh, and should be prosecuted. Um, the Congress itself, if we uh, discover sufficient misconduct uh, among our own members, uh, have remedies of our own. Uh, those remedies include censure. They could include something as, as severe ex- as expulsion. Uh, so there are a number of possibilities. Uh, I don't want to speculate about whether any of them will be uh, appropriate. We'll have to follow the evidence uh, to see where it leads us. Um, but uh, one thing does concern me, and that is... Uh, yes, as you say, uh, I think the Justice Department is working methodically to hold accountable those that broke into the Capitol that day, uh, those who assaulted police officers. Uh, and, and we have to hope and expect that they will follow that trail of evidence uh, as high as it leads. Um, but there are other, as I said, there are other lanes of effort to overturn the election, um, some of which may also have included serious criminal conduct. Uh, the effort by the former president to get the secretary of state in Georgia to find 11,780 votes that don't exist. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of effort on on the phone recorded, uh, I think, would lead to an investigation of anyone else. But I see no evidence that's happening. Uh, and that does concern me. Uh, I don't think the president is above the law or can be above the law while they're in office or out of office. Uh, And so I think we need to uh, hope and and expect the Justice Department uh, will apply that rule of law equally to everyone and not uh, not consider anyone uh, beyond its reach.
1: Though, you know, there's investigation is one thing, but resiliency is another. He's been remarkably resilient. He still remains. I don't know if you saw. There was a long time story about how he continues to be the leader of the party, the biggest fundraiser. Nobody's going to go against him in the Republican Party. He, the big lie has caught on rather well online. Are you also looking at, at the role of tech companies playing in, in the day of the attack and also misinformation related to hmm. elections? Obviously, COVID is another thing. And how do you balance that with, you know, these free speech issues.
4: We are looking at the role of social media, for example, uh, as an organizing tool uh, for those Mm -hmm. who gathered and attacked the Capitol on January 6th. Uh, And we're looking at the role of social media in the the promulgation of the big lie and the undermining of public confidence in our elections. Um, And and so those uh, issues we believe are very much within the charter of our committee. Um, we haven't, you know, reached any uh, conclusion in terms of what legislative recommendations um, we want to take from our work. Uh, in terms of First Amendment concerns, obviously we're going to be very protective of the First Amendment. Um, uh, but, you know, these private platforms obviously have the ability, consistent with the First Amendment, to moderate content on their platforms. It's the reason why they were given immunity uh, in order to encourage them to do so. Uh, if they are not using that um, immunity to good effect, but in, instead it is shielding them from responsibility. Then that's something that we need to consider doing away with. Um, but, uh, there are other First Amendment issues that have come up. We're very sensitive to them. They've come up in the context of Sean Hannity. Uh, and we've been, made it very clear. We're not interested in his political commentary. We're not interested in what he says on his show. We are interested in what he knows as a fact witness. Um, what his, uh, what he knows in his capacity as a, Advisor to the president is one of the president's closest confidants as one of his campaigners. Uh, and, and so we are doing our very best uh, to be respectful of, of the first amendment, uh, as well as other rights and privileges.
1: Yeah. He's a journalist now. He said he wasn't, but now he is apparently. Scott, you don't have to comment. Scott.
0: So, uh, representative. Uh, We've enjoyed incredible soft power around the world. but have you noticed it just strikes me that we lose a lot of credibility at the table uh, with foreign powers, when there's an insurrection and we've, our elected representatives are under threat of violence from other citizens. Have you noticed a change in how in our currency, globally, when we deal with other foreign entities or
4: allies?: um, Without a doubt. Uh, I think the last five years have been very difficult uh, for the United States on the world stage. Uh, the four years of the Trump administration were utterly disastrous, uh, where we scorned our allies uh, and the president of the United States, um, propped up uh, dictators around the world. You saw the president, uh, former president, once again uh, in the form of an endorsement, endorse uh, Viktor Orban um, and, uh, and, uh, and berate our NATO allies. So those four years were disastrous. The January 6th insurrection, though, uh, was the biggest black eye on our democracy that I can imagine. Uh, it is exhibit A, I think, when autocrats around the world, the Putins, the She's, and others, uh, say that democracy is in decline uh, or that it can't keep pace, as, uh, as President Biden uh, referred to uh, today. Um, and the fact that one year after that, uh, rather than repudiate what led to that attack, uh, the former president and his enablers Continue to promulgate that lie. Uh, continue to divide the country the way they have. Uh, it certainly has weakened us uh, on the world stage as a beacon of democracy, um, and and that's a proud legacy of ours. Um, there's really nowhere else, I think, for freedom-loving people to turn. Um, they're not going to turn to Russia. They're not going to turn to China. Uh, Europe has got its own problems. Uh, people still look to us from their prison cells, uh, journalists in Turkey in their prison cells, political prisoners in Evan prison in, uh, in Iran, uh, in the Philippines, the victims of mass extrajudicial killing look to us. The people gathered in Tahrir Square in Egypt wanting a more representative government. They look to us, but increasingly they, they don't recognize what they see. And that is a terrible tragedy for them as it is for us.
1: So one of the things is that Donald Trump has been taken off of social media in the wake of January 6th. He's been off a year. The major platforms, he's allegedly creating another one. But but a lot of the lies continue to proliferate. A majority of Americans believe another attack like January 6th is likely in the next few years, according to an Axios poll. And also the people worry about the, th- the threat to these elections because of disinformation and everything else. Do you share that belief and do you think prosecuting uh, the rioters is enough? Uh,
4: my predominant concern is not another attack on the building, uh, mm-hmm. not another attack on the Capitol. It's certainly possible. But my greater concern, frankly, is insurrection by other means um, that they have taken this big lie and used it to usher in a, a series of laws around the country in different states that undermine the authority of independent elections officials and give their duties to partisans. They have been running uh, these uh, local technocratic elections officials out of town, literally with death threats. That, to me, is the more um, pointed danger to our country um also the 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 broad uh acceptance among an increasing number of americans um uh of this idea of political violence uh mm-hmm. it's not just members of congress who are threatened uh it's school board members city council members and others um so this is is my paramount concern um and uh, you know in terms of is there a way to break through, and, uh, and and why is it that so many people continue to believe in this big lie of the former president um, when he doesn't have his Twitter account? Uh, you know, I think a big part of the responsibility is that uh, one of the major cable stations, Fox, in its primetime, mo- primetime most viewed hours, um, peddles the big lie constantly. Uh, that Rupert Murdoch and others at Fox have decided they would rather have the money... Their network makes um, then then a country that is whole uh, and accepts the truth uh, about something as important as our own elections. Uh, and now there are imitators, the Newsmaxes, the OANs that peddle even bigger lies. Uh, and people live in that ecosystem. Um, they don't get exposed to other sources of information. Uh, and when they do, they shut it out. Uh, and this is a, a huge challenge, I think, facing the country. It's not just the social media phenomenon, but also the growth of this uh, right-wing ecosystem um, that allows people to live in an alternate world.
0: There's this sort of conventional wisdom that when you're in a foxhole and you're being fired on, that you're not red or blue, you're just American. And we take hold, you know, we take comfort in that. And that the military has been a fantastic vehicle for creating connective tissue. Those images of our leaders huddled in the rafters of the chamber, it just felt like you were in foxholes under fire. And yet it doesn't appear as if there's been any sort of connective tissue that the partisanship among you and your colleagues hasn't gotten any better. Do I have that wrong?
4: Uh, You know, look, there are some, uh, I I think, uh, reasons for optimism. Yeah. in, in, yes,
1: leave us with optimism. Leave us, yeah, with, please. In,
4: in, in the work of Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and a handful of others, uh, you see people of courage stepping up in the Republican Party to try to reclaim their party. Um, the the work of our January 6th Select Committee is the most nonpartisan uh, work going on in Congress, um, and that's that's I think a tribute to our our members and to. That that spirit that you mentioned, being in the foxhole together. Um, but but it is a terrible tragedy that so many of my Republican colleagues, after seeing the destruction January 6th, continue to embrace that big lie. What we've learned in the last several years is that while courage is contagious, so is cowardice. And there's been a hmm. contagion of cowardice among the GOP leadership and membership that still marches in lockstep with the big lie and the big liar, uh, Donald Trump. Um, and, uh, you know, what, what ultimately, uh, gives me confidence that we're going to get through this and, and we will, uh, is that the, the millions and millions of Americans who love and cherish our democracy vastly outnumber those who are trying to tear it down right now. Uh, and they are the ones who will see us through this.
1: All right. On that note, that's sort of hopeful, kind of. Thank you so much, uh, Representative Schiff. I really appreciate it. And keep, keep up your work.
0: Thank you, Representative. Thank you.
1: Well, Scott, that was depressing, don't you think?
0: Yeah, you feel two emotions. You feel grateful that there's thoughtful people like Representative Schiff that are kind of at it. I mean, this can't be easy work. I imagine it's a lot of long hours and a lot of it's got to be just stressful and constant adjective from the other side. But I, I find it incredibly depressing and disheartening. That, that yes yeah, st-
1: I have to say he gets wildly attacked online. Yeah. as a liar. That he that on the Russia stuff. That he over that he over prosecuted.
0: Well, that this that this just happened.
1: No, I'm talking about the Russia stuff oh, yeah. a lot in the impeachment, Shifty Shift. I, one of the you know he's got all those nicknames. But what's most disturbing is something I tweeted yesterday, which is that all these people who denied the election and who tried to overturn it are running for election offices around the country in critical states.
0: Yeah, as if that's qualification.
1: It was only like three people. <laughs> (laughs) who stopped it in all these three qualified election officials who stopped a lot of this stuff. That's what's really disturbing to me. Anyway, thank you, Adam Schiff. All right, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for predictions. Okay, Scott, predictions, give us yours, please.
0: Well, I did my previ- predictions event a couple of weeks ago, and I just want to check in. I said that oh, right. uh, Francis Haugen would be Times Person of the Year, so right out of the gates. 24 mm-hmm. hours later, I got my first one wrong. Okay. But I also said that open seas would skyrocket in value. I think NFTs are actually more enduring than
1: yes, um,
0: cryptocurrency because the new, on- the new m- way you meet people is going to be online or even more so. One or two relationships are going to be online and are means of signaling similar to Chanel uh, handbags or Ferraris are gonna be NFTs. And OpenSeas, uh, uh, I've gotten that looks like that's headed in the right way, just announced a, a rounded evaluation of 13.3 billion, which is 33% greater than they raised, I think four months ago. I said that meme stock, specifically AMC and GameStock were about to, the bubble, if you will, was about to pop Uh, I pulled up, I did some research. Uh, Here are Google's top 10 global news searches for 2021. I thought this was really interesting. Number one was Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. Number two was Hmm. AMC stock, three COVID vaccine, four Dogecoin, five GameStop stock, six stimulus checks, seven Georgia center race. eight Hurricane Ida, nine COVID, 10 Ethereum price. So GameStop and AMC are challenged and shitty companies, respectively, trading at valuations that would imply that they're amazing companies with amazing prospects. And companies trade on three for three reasons: fundamentals, their earnings or their growth or technicals. There's a short squeeze. or and this is a new third one is it, that somehow they represent a movement. And a lot of the companies, I believe this is the year where the movement trade unwinds. Oh. And if you read the prospectus for Rivian, or lucid. They claim that they're changing the world and emboldening uh-huh. a new generation and all this yoga babble bullshit. Yeah. And then AMC and GameStop, this notion that it's a movement, this mythical, yeah. this mythical young Did man. Did you how
1: that CEO embraced it? What a cynic.
0: Oh my, God, got oh, my God. You want to talk about the most overpaid person in the world. Oh but, but they're taking cryptocurrency if you want to go see the Avengers. Yeah. That, anyways. This notion, this mythical person of a 24-year-old whose parents lost their house in 2008 and this – if you buy GameStop, you're you're investing in young people's future and you're sticking it to the man. I think that myth is coming to a fast end and you are about to see – and it's already happening. Did you see w- what stock did I say was going to get crushed and represented? What? Everything bad about SPAC three months ago? You don't remember? You said, no. well, what Spac's going to get hit hard? All right, I give forget. you one name. I
1: don't know.
0: Virgin Galactic.
1: Oh, yes, you've been going on. Virgin lot.
0: Galactic's 52 week high was 60.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: 90 days ago was 32. Do you know what it is today?
1: I don't know, three. It's 12. Oh, uh-huh. it's All 12. Right. Where's it going next?
0: I think Virgin Galactic is what I call, you know, it's a Mach 3 train wreck. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a company more supply-constrained. They have no, to execute perfectly. Wait, no, a train
1: wreck? There's not a mock 3. It's a Mach 3 plane wreck.
0: Well, a train wreck, and I'm using the analogy of fast. Oh,
1: okay. So you're mixing planes I'm a pioneer
0: in mixed metaphors.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i <I'm> so <mean. laughs> Anyways. I would like some I think
0: it's – I think. I, okay, due? let me put it another way. I think it's a shitty company. Okay, And I good. think it okay, should have never it. been public. And got it's it. being used by an ATM by a guy who's trying to, pull out, to, try to bail out his airlines and cruise ships. I, I think this is literally just – yeah. This is the ultimate pump and dump vehicle, uh, the ultimate market But he ploy. did go Anyways, into
1: the sky in a p- cool suit. He did.
0: AMC and GameStop stock are not going to be the most searched stories this year. And if they are, it's going to be for all the wrong reasons. In all addition, right. oh, in wow. addition, uh, okay. you're going to see, and I'm doubling down here, the, the automobile market. Toyota okay. just became the best-selling yes, car in America. They did. they did. It's the best-run automobile company in the world. Yes. And Honda gets $10,000 in market cap per car they produce. BMW, an amazing company, gets 30,000. Mm-hmm. Toyota, which investors love, the market gives them $120,000 in market capitalization for every car they produce. Right. But wait, what do they give Rivian? 1.9 million per car. Tesla, 2.3 yeah. million per car. That's a lot. You want to talk about a stock that's going to get kicked in the electric nuts over and over the next 6 to 12 because months investors love Lucid, him you keep
1: trying to resist the love of Elon Lucid, Musk by his fans but go ahead
0: Lucid go ahead. has a market capitalization right. equivalent to 5 million dollars per car ordered right now versus They're Toyota betting on the
1: future betting on the future Scott. So Lucid's
0: getting 40 times the market cap per car I mean okay and you and betting they try to the do future. this Anyways my prediction Meme stocks, movement stocks, whatever you want to call this, companies claiming to be right. solving climate change so they can cash out. All right. The, the Reckoning is here in 2022. The
1: Reckoning by Scott Galloway. Okay. All right. Okay. I, I like that. I like that prediction. Do you have any? I predict. Well, you know, it's interesting. I have all these anti streamers on my ass because they're like, see, Spider Man. I'm like, but all the rest didn't do well. Like, th- mm-hmm. there's going to be a bunch of tent poles that are going to hold up theatrical. Oh, God. And, I don't dislike theatrical. I went to see Spider Man in theater, but for mid level movies, as Ted, uh, as uh, Ted Sarando said, at Code are finished except online. Like it's Done. really going to be hard. And these people are like, it's not good for this. It's not good for that. See, it's not working. It doesn't matter. It, years ago, as I said, when I wrote that mobile was going to take over everything, and everyone was like, no, phones are home, you know, this and that. It's a trend that is so everyone will be 100%. watching at home. Sorry. I, I get it. And it's not good for artists 100%. right now. It's not as it's great for consumers. At any time something's you know, Steve Jobs said something, you start with what the consumer wants and go backwards. You don't mm-hmm. start with the technology and go forwards. And consumers like it. They also like going to theaters for tent poles. They do for for one or two of them. And it will sustain and hold it, especially as they raise prices, as they should if the experience is better. Nonetheless, most movies will be streamed.
0: Thank you. We talked a lot about Dune. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just that's a perfect. I think it's a well. Perfect they are saying because
1: they released the day and date that messed it all up, and the and the week, a yeah. second weekend drop off. It's it's bullshit. I mean, it, for a while it will sustain. You can't force consumers into a behavior. You can't.
0: It was you. it was first off one of the great books of, of, of I think it was the eighties Frank Herbert uh, yeah. a fantastic book that brought together politics and science fiction, the movie. Okay, maybe even good, not great, not enough to get people to go into the movie theaters. If they had taken most of the edits and strung it out into eight 40-minute episodes, it would have been the talk of the water cooler or the virtual water cooler for eight weeks running, either how bad it was or how good it was. This format does not work. You want to get a group of people in denial together, have a dinner party with people who own office space and movie theaters. They are both.
1: They just go crazy at me. They're like, you're wrong. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm talking about a a secular trend shift. The same thing with work and home when I was saying that, like, years ago. They were like, no, it's not. I was like, oh, it is. That's where it's headed. And now, of course, you and Adam Newman are co-investing in apartment buildings, which is very exciting, you (laughs) too. Me and Adam. I'm glad you're together because, you know. Yeah. Because, as my mom says, "Aren't you gay?" What? <laughs> there sorry, we go. What?
0: I interviewed him on stage. He is very handsome. He, you I never know.
1: You like his hair. Few
0: beers. Few yeah.
1: beers. <laughs> his hair. You could stroke his locks.
0: He's a beautiful stroke. man. He. Is I interviewed him on stage at J.P. Yeah. Morgan, oh. and he wasn't wearing any shoes.
1: <laughs> and in any case, movie people, I'm right, and eventually you will see. Back to
0: movie. movies. Back to anyway, movies. Anyway,
1: that's. We'll see. We'll see. I'm. I'm now arguing with 20 people on it. It's not good for artists. I'm like, it didn't say it was. Didn't well, say you was. know what,
0: Kara? You know why what? you're in all these unproductive arguments? It's your phrasing. <laughs> Boom! That's the kind of humor people come here you're for. You're the
1: one that got in trouble for Holmes, and I'm the one that developed an incredible discussion about the issue. Yeah, um, but Stephanie Rule was mad at both of us, you know, for that. He's mad at us. Stephanie was like mad. Oh, yeah. yeah, da. yeah. yeah she anyway, that. Uh, she doesn't believe that's the case. She thinks she's just guilty. Well, Stephanie, mm-hmm. she is. And Mm -hmm. she's maybe going to jail. Okay, Scott, that is the show. We'll be back. This is a very lively show uh, and also depressing with Adam Schiff, but we'll Mm -hmm. see how that goes. We'll be back on Tuesday for more. Please read us out.
0: Today's show is produced by Lara Naiman, Evan Engel, and Taylor Griffin. Ernie and Todd engineered this episode. Thanks to Drew Burroughs. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back next week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. So let's not forget that the greatest deliberative body in history, our representatives, us, were forced to hide in the rafters. Let's hold people accountable. Yep. Let's make sure that America continues to be the greatest experiment in history a terrible one-year birthday. Have a good rest of the week here. Support for the show comes from Atlassian. Whether you're exploring space, making pizza, or producing a podcast like this one here...